Mayday is brought to you by JordanDene.com. That is Jordan, D-E-N-E.com. Uh, she runs an apparel and accessories company. Uh, it is fantastic stuff. This is functional fandom items. So these are t-shirts, accessories, aprons, all kinds of great things that are themed around fandoms but aren't your everyday looking stuff. So definitely go check them out. Uh, JordanDene.com. Once again, it's J-O-R-D-A-N, like Jordan, uh, D-E-N-E.com. Our organization podcast partner this month is NARAL Missouri. They are Missouri's largest grassroots pro-choice organization working to protect a woman's right to a full range of reproductive health care for over 40 years. They are doing some amazing work. For more information about them, you can go to ProChoiceMissouri.org. That's ProChoiceMissouri.org to get more information about NARAL Missouri. Lastly, our wild card. It is called Geek Girl Brunch. You can find out all about them if you visit their website, geekgirlbrunch.com. This was something that is really cool, very grassroots, started uh, up in New York City by three women who were looking to start a women's only uh, brunch group to just talk about geeky stuff and do geeky stuff with fandoms and all kinds of things. You can visit them, geekgirlbrunch.com. They have a map and a list of their chapters. You can also apply to start a chapter in your city if this is something you are interested in. This is Mayday, the Handmaid's Tale podcast. Hey everybody, it's Justin from Mayday here with another review for a brand new television show that is out uh, coming from Netflix. This one is called Godless. It starts today, November 22nd. Uh, we got an early peek at the series and I think you're really going to like it. Uh, it is not without its issues. We will discuss it. Uh, but I, I can tell you that right off the bat, I do highly recommend it if you go into it with the right mindset. So we'll tell you what all that is about and what that means. But let's get into what Godless is. So according to the official plot description from our friends at Netflix, uh, Godless is a seven-part cinematic event from Golden Globe-nominated screenwriter and director Scott Frank, executive producer Casey Silver, and Academy Award winner Steven Soderbergh. The sweeping drama revolves around notorious criminal Frank Griffin, played by Jeff Daniels, who is on a mission of revenge as his gang of outlaws hunt down Roy Good, a son-like protege who betrays the Brotherhood and goes on the run, leaving the criminal life behind. Roy seeks refuge with hardened widower Alice Fletcher, who is outcast herself in a worn-down, isolated mining town governed mainly by women after a horrible accident killed almost all of the men. Set in the backdrop of a gritty, lawless western frontier, Godless is a story about revenge, redemption, and perseverance. So that is the official description from our friends at Netflix. So let's give you some of the details here. This uh, miniseries is seven episodes long. It is a big, massive, epic western. There's no two bones about it. Uh, it is large in scope. It is gorgeous. It is beautiful. It is set on a 81,000-acre ranch in New Mexico. It is fantastic looking. Um, they spared no expense. The production value of this is absolutely incredible. Um, and ha having come from a podcast that does The Handmaid's Tale, we know production value. This is on par with uh, pretty much anything you're going to see. Um, this is looks fantastic. The cast is fantastic. Um, again, not without its issues, but let's get into the 
the creators behind this. So written and directed by Scott Frank, who uh, you may have heard of. He has done quite a few things. There's a lot of industry vets, um, a lot of guys that have done a lot of things involved in the production of this. He wrote, and there's several people involved in this movie, Out of Sight, which you may recall was uh, George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez, kind of heist movie that Soderbergh, Steven Soderbergh directed back in 1998. It was really his first most mainstream successful movie um, after Sex, Lies, and Videotape. So Scott Frank was the writer for that. Uh, he has also written Logan. He's also written for Minority Report, a number of movies throughout his career in the 90s and uh, 2000s. Uh, he is the writer and director of this series. Uh, this It started out as a feature film a number of years ago. I think 15 years ago is when he first started trying to write and produce this and it has kind of evolved over time and it's been written and rewritten into different things and so here it ends up as a seven-part series on Netflix. Uh, Steven Soderbergh is executive producer. You you might know him from uh, a lot of movies that he's done, Sex, Lies, and Videotape, Aaron Brockovich, The Oceans, 11, 12, 13, however many there are of them, um, all of those movies and of course Out of Sight which he's done with Scott Frank and a couple other people um, early on in his career or midway through his career. Uh, Jessica Levin is another producer on this. She uh, did a lot of work on television stuff, a lot of HBO. Uh, she just did The Deuce. She did True Detective. She did Divorce on HBO. So she's got a lot of TV work. And last but not least, Casey Silver, who is the you know former chairman and CEO of Universal Pictures, uh, which put Out of Sight out um, as a feature film back in 1998. So that is how all of them are connected. Uh, I could go into Casey Silver's run at Universal. It's fairly epic and ridiculous and lots of fantastic movies Schindler's List it was that era of Universal just putting out some amazing amazing stuff so a really interesting cast of uh, people creating writing and producing this so you will know that three out of the four of those people are men um, that will come into play later but that yeah we'll talk about that in a minute so as I said this is a big epic western um there's drama, there's violence, there's a love story, multiple love stories, uh, lots of action, lots of humor. So it really encompasses all the things that you would think of when you see a big Hollywood epic blockbuster western um, done really well. The performances are absolutely outstanding. I cannot find fault with anyone in this show at all, or series at all. Um, Michelle Dockery is great. Everybody is fantastic. And we'll get into some of the highlights uh, here in just a second. But you would be hard pressed to find anyone that you can complain about when all is said and done. So let's look at uh, what our highlight performances are. In my opinion, uh, and watching this, Merritt Weaver, who plays Mary Agnes, you might know her from uh, Nurse Jackie, uh, or hmm, what else has she been in? Uh, Oh, she was in uh, Walking Dead, and also I know her from Michael Clayton. She that was a long time ago, back in two thousand two, I believe. Uh, she was in that, and she's fantastic in that. One of my favorite movies of all time. Um, she plays Mary Agnes, who is in this town of women, and her husband, who died in the accident with the vast majority of the men in the rest of the town, was the mayor, and so she has kind of taken up this leadership mantle. Um, she is a bad ass and Michelle and Merritt Weaver is absolutely amazing she should be nominated for things she should win all of those things that she is nominated for because this is a absolutely career performance and you will love her she is a hard ass she does not take shit from anybody 
and it goes without saying that she just puts on a command performance in this show. Um, she, she plays a lot with gender expectations and gender norms. There are some fantastic lines written for her character. There's a lot of things for her to chew on, and she just is more than up for the task. So that would be my uh, highlight performance for this. Michelle Dockery is also fantastic. Um, her character in this is a little more subtle. Uh, she's got a definite lot of baggage from her past, so she's suffered a lot of loss. Um, she's kind of removed herself from society as a widower, uh, and so she's very guarded against a lot of things, and you will notice that as part of her character, but she's really great, and I am, you know, I've said on this uh, podcast many times before, uh, she played one of my least favorite characters in the history of television as Mary in Downton Abbey, or as I refer to her as Worthless Mary. And as any of you who have listened to this podcast know, that's how the name Worthless Nick came about. So that's where that comes from. Uh, she's fantastic. I really enjoyed her work. I've not seen her in much besides Downton Abbey and a little bit of uh, Good Behavior, which she is also doing right now, which I think is on TNT uh, with uh, Ann Dowd, who is also on that show. Uh, another standout performance for me was uh, the actress Tess Frazier. She plays Callie Dunn, who is the school teacher in the town. Um, I can't reveal too much more about what she does because I'm trying to make this a mostly spoiler for spoiler-free review. Uh, but y- you will enjoy her, and her performance is fantastic. I did not know who she was or where she came from, but I wanted more of her every time she was on the screen. Uh, Jessica Sula is another one. She plays Louise Hobbs, uh, part of a town outside of LaBelle uh, called Blackdom, which is inhabited by uh, some ex-Buffalo soldiers and all African-American community who are, like I said, ex-Buffalo soldiers who are just trying to start a farming community. Uh, and they live on the outskirts of town and kind of keep to themselves, and they come into the plot uh, in a number of different ways that I think you will really find enjoyable, and some not so enjoyable. Uh, Jeff Daniels is Frank Irvin. You can't say anything bad about Jeff Daniels. He's absolutely amazing. And this character, uh, one of the great things about the way this is written um, is he's very complex. This is not a one-dimensional bad guy. Uh, you will want to hate him, but he will do things that make you not hate him. And it is very frustrating. Um, very, I won't say Serena Joy, because Serena Joy in Handmaid's Tale kind of makes you just hate her and hate her and hate her the more it goes. Uh, Jeff Daniels keeps pulling you back and forth and back and forth about who Frank Griffin really is and ultimately uh, what kind of man he is. Uh, Jack O'Connell, who plays Roy Good, who is the guy who is on the run from Jeff Daniels' gang and being hunted by Jeff Daniels' gang. He's fantastic. I had not seen him in much of anything. Uh, He was in a movie called 71 that I meant to watch and I never did. Uh, Also in uh, Unbroken is probably what uh, a lot of our audience may have seen him in. He's really good, and his performance is really top-notch. His character is really um, complex and interesting in the way that they handle a lot of what has resulted from him being raised by Frank Griffin, this very, again, disturbed but complex and sometimes good, sometimes bad individual and just where that makes Roy Good end up and being a rather complex man uh, who knows right from wrong and doesn't always express it correctly. Um, He's fantastic. So Jack O'Connell is the name of this actor. If you have not heard of him before, I would definitely look up some more things he's done. He is really excellent in this show. 
uh, Scoot McNary, which is one of my favorite names of anything ever, I think. Um, he plays Bill McHugh, who is the sheriff of LaBelle. So not all of the men are gone in LaBelle. There are several that are still there. Uh, Bill McNew included. He is the sheriff. There's also like a barkeep and a blacksmith and a couple other people that just weren't part of the mining, which is what caused the accident uh, in the town. So he is struggling with some things of his own. And this is, this is the first time I'd seen him also. Um, he's been in some other things that I just haven't seen, but a really good performance by him. You really don't know what's going on with him. And he's kind of subtly reveal what's kind of happening with him and the thing that's happened in his past that is really starting to make him struggle and some physical, uh, things that are really making him question what it means for him to be a man and really it means for him to be in his children's life and the town and where he really is in life he's really struggling and so that's part of where the uh, redemption part of that whole description of the plot came so let's talk about we'll get into a little bit of the good and the bad of godless so the good is that all these characters all the women all the men are multi-dimensional. All you know, all your main characters. I mean, there's some off to the side that you don't really get to know too well. But what I was really impressed with was, especially with the women in the town, is you're you know, the one of the main hooks of the show is that it is this town that is inhabited and governed mostly by women. And I think that could have fallen into uh, kind of having two or three women that were unique in personality, but then the rest of them kind of all being the same. Um, and same with the men, but they do not do that at all. I think they do a really good job of making some interesting, complex characters, even for the fringe characters that you you know you only see a few times that come up in conversation or that have you know that don't have all the lines or get all the screen time. Everybody seems to have an individual personality and not be a one-dimensional character of sorts. Um, everybody kind of has some complex things going on as you do in normal life. They all seem like actual physical human beings, and that is fantastic to see, including the men. Jeff Daniels, as we said, has got one of the more interesting characters that I've seen in a long time in Frank Griffin, um, especially for a bad guy. Uh, Jack O'Connell playing Roy Good. Uh, we talked about that. So all the men, everybody seems to be really well written as characters. Um, really complex. Nobody's too one dimensional. Uh, there's some definitely cliched things, but we'll get to that in a little bit of a minute. Um, another great thing about this production is it is absolutely beautiful. Um, New Mexico, kudos to you. And this 81,000 acre ranch that they did this on, fantastic. This The cinematography, the production, all of it is gorgeous. The costumes, everything is top notch. You can tell that they spent the money where it needed to be spent. Uh, it is beautiful. It is epic. It is huge in scope. So you're going to get a lot of large, you know, wide shots of lots of awesome nature and things out on the frontier of New Mexico. If nothing else, you can watch this and just, you know, appreciate the gorgeous nature and landscape of New Mexico. So good job by those guys. And uh, I believe they said it is the largest film set ever built in New Mexico. And again, 81,000 acre uh, San Cristobal Ranch out there in New Mexico. So fantastic. Just a really good job. And if, if you're not into the plot, at least it's pretty to look at. That's for sure. Um, it touches on some very complex issues, I think. Uh, I don't know that it follows through with all of them perfectly, but the fact that they even touch on them in a Western is kind of different. So there's some gender things going on with the, obviously with, you know, be 
being a town governed mostly by women uh, back then there would be, you know they challenge some gender stereotypes um, they deal with some issues of race and interrace relations as well as some feminist issues obviously um, and the way that men deal with each other and growing up and you know same with the women. Uh, there are definitely some things touched on between the women themselves that are fairly complex. Uh, I don't want to give too much away. There's just a lot of things that go into this that I think um, did not make for a very straightforward, normal Western script. Uh, there are really some outstanding moments in this. Uh, episode three specifically uh, was my favorite as far as like the scenes and the performance and the kind of interaction and moments of the show. Those probably contain my favorites. Um, there's great moments and great everything throughout the rest of the series, but some of my favorites came in episode three. Uh, there's some great touching moments some beautiful things um, that I think you're really going to like um, that maybe you wouldn't expect out of a Western. And, you know, it has everything. It's got lots of big action sequences but lots of touching moments and lots of coming of age stuff it's it's got everything it's big it's epic in scope i think i've said that but i can't uh, undersell it so or oversell it i guess so the action is really good as well this is not um, one of these that throws the action in your face and just keeps it going and going and going and going and going um they do a really good job with not making it too much uh, doing just enough to keep it as part of the plot and a large part of the plot when it needs to be but drawing back when okay we've had enough of the uh shoot out there so i think they do a really good job of balancing everything um, so all that being said, there are some issues with this series and I'm not going to deny that, um, it, towards the end, they do fall into some cliches, which is kind of disappointing, um, in the writing. There's also, you know, some things that they kind of hit you over the head with plot wise, as opposed to maybe finding a way to be more subtle and, you know, less obvious about them but yeah there's just some che also some cheesy moments um but again it's not a perfect production by any stretch of the imagination um i think there's some ultimately some things that seem to be pointless uh, there's a couple plots that are well acted they're well done um but i ended up not knowing why we went through all that to get to where we ended up um Again, I've watched it one time. Maybe I watch it again and I'll understand it a little more. But there were just a couple of plot points that either didn't end in a very, gl not glamorous, but in the way that I felt was appropriate. And then a couple things where I was just like, well, why did we just do all this to come back and do this? But uh, my biggest issue, I think, is with the marketing. Um, I think if you look at the posters and the marketing that I saw, and I know there are a few other trailers for this, but the main poster art that you will see out there is Michelle Dockery's character and uh, Merritt Weaver's character and another woman standing there pointing a gun out at uh, a couple of guys. And I don't know who's in the poster, but it says no man. Welcome to no man's land. Godless Netflix. Um, I think I think that oversells the feminist side of this I'm not saying that this does not have feminist issues and deal with feminist things and that it is not doing great things and has doesn't have great female characters it does all of those things however I think to market this with the with the phrase no man's land uh, in it 
and then to have all, you know, at least we'll call it half and half of the plot spent with the men, which is not a bad thing. Um, but when you market it as not being that way, I think it's kind of a little misleading. Um, I'm not sure they really follow through with that. And I don't know if that was the, just a marketing angle that they wanted to take. That's the way it seems to me. Um, I'm not saying that they don't do a great job with the female characters and that they are not amazing and that they do not make strides in a lot of areas that you normally wouldn't think that they would do in a Western. Um, they do. I just think that if people are coming into this expecting a really female heavy plot with men on the side, that's not what you're going to get. This to me is more even 50, 50, uh, between Jeff Daniels and the Roy Good, Frank Griffin side of the story. And then with the town and Michelle Dockery's character kind of bridging those two with Roy Good being there. Um, I think there's also a few plot and writing decisions that come up in other shows, um, say Game of Thrones, for instance, that I don't think a woman writing this show series would have made. Um, I'll leave those at that and you'll probably know all of them when you see them. Um, there's just some questionable decisions that if a woman was writing it, I don't know that she would write it like that. I watched this whole series with my wife and there were a couple of places where we were like, hmm, I don't know if the woman would wrote, wrote that. I don't know that she'd have that character do that or say that. But I guess those are the main issues, really more revolving around kind of building this up, but ultimately falling back on a few cliches and cheesy things and writing. I called it lazy writing just because it seemed like they were doing really good and building up to this thing, but they ultimately just drew back a little and went with, went with the easy out on some of the stuff and just the really obvious point instead of kind of making it a more complex thing. That being said, if you go into this with realistic expectations of what it is, which is not necessarily a, a series that should be billed as no man's land, um, and go into this as a person looking for a well done, excellent, epic, broad scope, huge cast Western that is as well done as anything I've seen recently, uh, you will not be disappointed. The women are great. All of the performances are great. Um, there is nary a poor performance in the bunch. It is a gorgeous movie. The production value is great. The writing, the characters are, for the vast majority of the series, fantastic. Um, but it is not a flawless picture or flawless series by any stretch of the imagination. And I've mentioned my issues with it. Uh, I highly recommend it if, again, you come to it knowing what you're going to get, which is a very excellently done Western series uh, that was marketed as something that it, I don't necessarily know if it is. Um, as always, I could be wrong. Again, I could watch this again and say, oh, they really did a great job of making it a feminist Western, but I don't know that they fully committed to that effort. Um, I think they do a good job of some of it, but not all of it. Uh, ultimately, it's fantastic and I really enjoyed it but I questioned the marketing campaign I think that's probably what that boils down to so final word highly recommended marketing campaign highly questionable um 
So uh, just one last note. This is a long series. So if you're thinking about binging this, just know that uh, it's more in the vein of not quite as long, but um, of what Sherlock does, which is uh, every episode is over an hour, except for, I think, the sixth episode. Uh, And I think the final episode is like an hour and a half. So you're basically getting essentially seven movie length episodes, maybe a little shorter, but not much. Um, So this is a long series. long series that gives its plot and characters room to breathe which I really like I like you know I don't like the frenetic pacing of some of the series and I think this moving from a feature film to a mini series was a great choice and it gives all of the characters in this room to breathe and lets us get to know them in a way that you probably would not have even gotten a fraction of if this were a feature length film so once again I think you're seeing television and its ability to especially with the streaming services present material in such a way that it offers such a such such a better outlet for character development and better writing and plot points overall I just think that right now I don't think that movies are handling it well now that being said I've seen some pretty great movies Thor was great but I really think that TV is just really hitting it out of the ballpark right now so kudos to Netflix for uh, bringing this series to us and I hope that this is one of those things that you can enjoy um, going into it with realistic expectations I really did enjoy it Um, it is frustrating at times with the flaws that it has Um, but I think overall I would recommend it to anybody that is even remotely interested in this story and the Western type theme with uh, the plot that is going on. Uh, So uh, I would definitely recommend this maybe for a good weekend, Thanksgiving weekend viewing. It's long. It's one of those things you can just chill out and watch and not be disappointed in overall. Um, Trigger warnings and violence galore. So if you are triggered by violence various forms of uh, domestic violence and assault, sexual stuff, um, death, bodies, this is all in there. So my recommendation on all that usually is to go to uh, IMDB and look at the parental warnings and it will kind of give you a rundown on all the bad things that happen or at least the graphic things that happen and kind of give you a better idea on what you can find there. So uh, there's definitely some things in there and uh, the violence is heavy at times. But uh, overall, they balance everything out, so I don't think it's too much in any direction as far as, you know, too much drama, too much action. It's a very, very balanced production. So I really enjoyed it. Um, If I had to give it a letter grade, I would definitely give it a B. I really wanted it to be an A. It was really trending toward an A, and then it just kind of did a couple things that I just, I couldn't really commit to a full fully fantastic review on it but it, again highly recommended check it out it is on netflix right this moment it is called godless uh, and uh, i really hope you enjoy it please let me know uh, let us know what you think uh, hit us up on the social media you can find us on twitter instagram and facebook at at handmade podcast that's at handmade podcast and hopefully we'll keep bringing you some uh, more tv reviews if we can find some shows that uh, have some strong female aspects to them we will definitely keep doing that so as always thank you for listening and uh, have a great thanksgiving week weekend if we uh, don't talk to you before then uh, this is justin from mayday the handmaid's tale podcast thank you thanks for joining us everyone please head over to allconsumingcontent.com 
for more great podcasts. You can check out Back to the Money Bin, a DuckTales podcast, Player vs. Player podcast, and Blues Hockey podcast. You can also check out our radio station at Handmaid's Resistance Radio. That is on Slacker Radio or for free on the Slacker app.